Welcome everyone to another installment of Brown Guy Talk Finance. Now, it's been a short break lah. In between things, work, taxes and things like that, we are back at it again. Now, today's episode, unlike the past ones, you know, in previous episode, we tend to talk about a problem, we tend to talk about an issue and try to come up with a solution, right? However, I feel like in this episode, you know what? Let's rant, let's complain about how things are for fellow millennials, right? Because we always hear people advising us, we always have hearing people, you know, giving a solution, but rarely we hear people saying that, hey, this is a problem. And the reason behind this is that, you know, to acknowledge the fact that you are not alone in this journey. Everybody's going through this and we're going to get through this together. Alright. Now, interesting enough, I came across a study by a company where they talked about, you know, millennials and personal finance. And um, I seem to agree with them to a certain extent about issues faced by fellow millennials. Alright. And they identify in a way that you can put it into eight different major problems, eight different contexts, which is bothering fellow millennials. Alright. Now, for starters... The, one of the biggest issues that fellow millennials tend to face in terms of personal finance is that the lack of inadequate financial knowledge. Hmm. Right? When the financial concepts and studies were conducted, only 24% demonstrated basic financial knowledge. And from the entire crowd, only 8% showed high financial knowledge so who is to be blamed for this right now yes you know a good portion will say like hey you know go do your own research you know go you know make sure you follow the right pages in instagram or things like that however if you ask me right this is a life skill man all right life skills are something that should be taught at a very fundamental age at least the bare minimum stuff, you know, how to save, how to spend. No need to get too technical, no need to teach about folks, you know, how to do investment on derivatives and options, all right? That is on the higher level. But if you ask me, make sure the general community is familiar with the basic financial knowledge. For example, if you're going to apply for a credit card, what you should know, what documents you should prepare. If you're an employee, what documents? If you're an employer, what documents? Are you paying taxes? Are you not paying taxes? So things like this should be taught in a minimal level at the very least so that when it comes to daily life practices, it will be helpful in the long run for the community out there. And the lack of, you know, knowledge, such knowledge being taught around bothers people. And more often than not on our side, you know, from the professional side, we are more than happy whenever NGOs calls us to give us talks and whatnot. But the crowd that goes into such talks are the ones that naturally want to improve themselves and then you know, want better things, right? Now, I'm not saying the crowd that doesn't come is the not into good things in life or don't care about their life. But it, the idea of, you know, being able to be financially wise is made into something that, oh, you have to care about it enough to explore it. Rather than, hey, this is a basic fundamental skill and one should master it as soon as they can. At least at the very basic level. Right? Now, this is the first issue where they are saying 
knowledge-wise, it's not there. Now, the second issue they say is that apparently there aren't a lot of us who are happy with our current financial situation. Hmm. Now, why this is the case where people are unhappy with their current financial situation? Well, let me tell you this. We are the first of the generation where we had social media. Sometimes, more often than not, we tend to buy into the hype and live life on a FOMO basis. Alright, for those who don't know, FOMO, FOMO is fear of missing out. Right? Now, when we live life in such way, we want to be able to keep up with the life. So, we start spending. Now, some of us tend to be on the more responsible side. Some of us tend to be more on the reckless side. So... You know, it kind of conflicts with each other, but nonetheless, we shouldn't just blame it solely on that, right? We shouldn't just say, hey, social media and FOMO, this is the reason why a lot of millennials are broke. No, 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 that's not the case. We have to acknowledge the fact that the cost of living right now is at its all-time high. Inflation rate goes consistently well every single year. As for our salary and our income, well, it kind of struggles, doesn't it? <laughs> so, we don't know who to pinpoint finger for this, but you know, this is what felt, this what's inducing the feeling of being unhappy. Where one, is a person is unhappy because they don't get to live the life they always wanted. You know, they want to be independent, now they're having their own source of income, and they don't get to spend on their list, they don't get to spend on things they love because, hey, it's expensive. We, should, we are starting to think things like, hey, if I were to buy this, you know, if I were to go on a shopping craze on Shopee, would I be able to afford my rent next month? Hmm. So these are the things that are bothering people and making people unhappy. Right? Now, if you hear me, some of my clients, I think, would have to this in. I would somebody that preaches like, say, hey, if your finances doesn't make you feel good or if your finances doesn't make you feel happy, then there is something wrong. It's either the income or the way you're spending. Now, moving on from there, another issue, the third issue that's being brought up as a concern when it comes to millennials and their lack of financial knowledge is that they worry about student loans. Yes, we are the generation when we graduated, we come up with a debt in our head. We are paying student loans, we are paying debts left, right, here and there. And as far as when the survey was done, a good 54% of the crowd of millennials acknowledged the fact that, hey, you know, student debt loan is a huge concern of ours. And especially in Malaysia, we got student loans coming in form of, you know, PTPT and some of our fellow buddies out there are paying for Mara, Mara loans. So as time goes by, this is a concern that needs to be acknowledged because when you look at the overall cash flow, you're going to allocate a chunk of money to pay this off, right? Now, when you're allocating this chunk of money to pay it off, you no longer have access to that fund. Now, since you don't have access to that fund, you can no longer do other things, like perhaps you could have used that money for shopping or you could have used it to invest. So these are the kind of issues that are bothering people. And it is good that people are coming out saying like, hey, this is actually a problem because this serves a point where people don't feel like it's just their problem only, but rather something experienced by everyone, right? So this in sense of student loans and whatnot. And on top of this, the fourth issue kind of ties up because the third issue is that debt 
crosses economic and educational lines. Hmm. Alright. Among all college-educated millions, all that went for university, a staggering 81% of them have uh, at least one long-term debt. All of us do. For example, in Malaysia, one of the famous long-term debt would be ASP loan. And of course, as soon as some of us graduated, most likely in the first five years, some of us get tied down to a property loan. So these are long-term loans that restrict and constrain your cash flow. Now, I'm not saying ASB loan is bad. I'm not saying you know, house loan is bad. It depending on one's priority and life goals. However, we are looking in a point where, hey, how does debts constrain your finances? And if you ask me, this is still considered okay compared to some of our fellow friends out there who got tangled up in credit card loans. Now, credit card loans are the worst kind. La. Interest rate is very high, kills your credit score at the absolute core, and gives you a lot of stress because you have to pay for it. Right? Restricts your use of cash flow. Now, if you notice so far, the first four points we talked about, you know, we talked about in sense of knowledge, in sense of feelings. And of course, the last two points were f- solely focusing on debts. One was focusing on student loans, while the other focuses on long-term debts. Now, the fifth one is a very interesting one, if you ask me. Because the fifth one, I would say, something that I tend to see in my clientele as well, and something I occasionally tend to feel, all right? Millennials are financially fragile. Now, what this mean by financially fragile? Is that millennials are overdrawing on their checking accounts, all right? Some of us will tend to say like, hey, you know, ignorance is a bliss. So by what I mean is that when it comes to my own personal finances, I'm not gonna check my bank account because whenever I check in, I feel like I'm having a heart attack, right? So this is where we say like, hey, you know, we get it sometimes. You know, some people tend to have anxiety or some people trying to run away from the problem, but the problem's there. It's like a leaking pipe. Are you going to ignore the leaking pipe because it's leaking? I'm like, oh, not big of a deal yet. I'm not going to look at you. Oh, snap, you are leaking, but it's only leaking if I look at you, right? It's like when you're in a household, you got to, like, what I tend to do is that you leave some a bit of ice cream left in the ice cream tub in the fridge, so the last person that eats it is their problem. Yeah, some of us tend to take finances like that as well. So financially fragile is an issue, all right? F- again, like I said at the start of the episode, you know, I'm not going to be advising you, but rather complain and rant. And this particular context of being financially fragile is an issue where a lot of us are afraid to check our bank accounts because we don't want to come terms with reality. We don't want to look at how our current situation looks because we are afraid that this, by looking at it, it's going to constrain how we're going to be spending on ourselves. And for some of us, we like to spend on ourselves, right? So this is an issue that should be acknowledged, if you ask me. Now, for this particular case situation, huh? Like I said, I'm going to rant. I'm not going to rant, but this time around, I rather want to be able to acknowledge it because it feels like a good time for it. I would say it is your personal finance. It is your ship and you are sailing through some storm. Now, if you're a boy, before you're going to start sailing to the deeper waters, you want to make sure is your ship capable. Now, how to know if, if your ship is capable, you want to make sure there's a thorough check of your ship, whether the engine's working, whether the sail is there, whether the arc is working, everything, is it ready for the challenge? 
Now in order to do that, you need to see how thing actually looks. And when it comes to your personal finance, this is how you come to terms with yourself. You need to look how your situation is. If you don't acknowledge the problem, my friend, you're not going to go very far. As simple as that. Now, for the STEM students out there or anybody working in the STEM industry, the very fundamental rule of science is that to identify a problem. Once you identify the problem, you work your solution from there. You find your manipulated variable, controlled variable, responding variable. Right? So, there you go. In terms of financially fragile, I say, hey, it's about time you start looking at your bank account and then acknowledging those numbers. Yes, I know ignorance is a bliss, but hey, this is the one spot you don't want to do it. If you are doing it, try to cut that habit and get a roll on with things. Alright? Now, number six, huh? Number six, I think... A fair share of you are going to be feeling guilty for this. Number six is of the over-reliance on installment plans. Installment plans, installment plans, installment plans. Oh my gosh. People need to realize, yes, the number looks small. But what you are failing to realize is that this particular thing can restrain your cash flow for a good 12 months, 24 months, up to few years in certain contexts. Alright, if you will not be able to make it a 100% purchase on the item, my friend, you, you can, you're not in a place where you can afford it. Alright, now, when it becomes an issue when it comes to installment plan, when you're starting to look at the number being small and you start piling on top of each other, one thing after the other and you keep on piling and piling and at the end of the day you realize that hey a good 30% of your income are now paying installment plans now i tell you how the installment plans industry has developed all right now during the pandemic i'm a heavy gamer if you fun fact well i tend to do the recording on my laptop i always have two of my joysticks charging whenever i'm ready to go now, why I have two joysticks? No, I don't have a co-op player to play with. It's because if one dies out, I got another in backup. So, yeah, I am a heavy gamer. On really off days, I tend to game around somewhere between seven to eight hours. It's unhealthy, yeah? Make sure you have a balanced lifestyle. Well, the context is that why I decided to bring that up. Because I started to notice more of, you know, targeted ads where they start promoting, you know, hey, installment plans for the PS4. Hey, installment plans for the new RTX 3090. Installment plans for the PS5. Oh, I kid you not. It is something like what? Being able to pay around, what, 300 bucks for the next three years for uh, RTX 3090 setup. Mm, not bad if you ask me. However... That is my gamer speaking, all right? My inner financial planner decided to knock some sense into my head and say like, hey, dude, it restrains your cash flow. What you are buying, it is something related with the liability. The thing depreciates over time. Let's be honest over here, right? And followed up by that, we need to realize that the fact that, you know, it restrains your cash flow for the next 36 months. Where it means that for the next 36 months of my life, I have no longer have access to that 300 ringgit. So, a wake up moment. Alright, that was my financial planner on my right speaking to my gamer on the left. Now, that's a, for those who are familiar with, the right and the left was intentional. Alright, the devil sits on the left.
So why installment plans? Even to an extent where for the ladies out there, if you're familiar with Sephora, well, Sephora does installment plans on lipstick where you pay around, what, seven ringgit a month for a good six months and then boom, the lipstick's all yours after the installment plan. So it is very tempting. And prior to COVID, towards the end of 2019, I remember coming across an article where they were doing installment plans for traveling. It was a 10 to 12 day trip to Canada where you pay 700 a month for a good one year. And then after a year, they take you to Canada. Now, it was tempting back then. However, thanks to COVID, well, I doubt anybody going to Canada anytime soon. So bear in mind, installment plans will restrict your cash flow. You are basically shooting yourself in the foot. Right? Now, before we go to the next point, we need to acknowledge the fact that we need to come to terms with our finances. You need to realize what's actually going on with your finances before you start moving further with things. All right, have a diagnose, have a sit back, have a look through on how you are, how healthy you are in sense of finance. Now, the seventh point from the research that came out is that a lot of us tend to sacrifice our retirement account. We feel like, hey, I'm still young. I got miles ahead to put in my engine. So I'm going to burn out whatever fuel I got. So I need to save for the later day. Because I can only save it when the day comes closer. Couple things wrong here. For starters, well, you're losing out on compounding interest. All right. Like Einstein said, you know, mankind's greatest discovery was compounding. All right. Compounding allows your money to grow multiple, double, triple and you not having it on your side and starting as soon as possible kind of restricts your finances. And you're missing out on a sick opportunity of just letting time to grow your money. Right? Time and compounding interests are hand in hand, my people. Alright? If you're not letting time to help your finances and you only face, you know, do your finances based on going after aggressive stuff, I'm afraid that, hey, you know, at some point you're actually going to burn out and you fail to leverage on time to help you to boost your finances. Right? Sometimes you gotta let it happen. Now I sound cliche, I know, but when it comes to investment, sometimes you gotta let time take over instead of you trying to hold on to the thing and make sure the ship goes in the way you want, but rather than letting the wind time let it go through over there. Alright? Now the idea behind this is that people fail to realize that the importance of allocating towards your retirement. Now, what is retirement? I hear a few people of, few of my clients say like, hey, you, I'm going to work forever, man. I don't care, 60, 70, 80, I'm going to work forever. Hmm. Sure. All right. But you need to realize that you're not going to be the same person as you are today. And then. Now, why this is a, content, why this is a concern? is because we need to realize is it's like driving, you know. I like to compare finances with driving. It's like when you drive on a highway, you can go 100 km per hour, 120, 150. Some of us, when the purpose are not around, we tend to go for 200 km per hour. However, once you are done driving the highway and you're entering the residential area, you can't do 100 km per hour in a residential area. You are putting everybody around you in danger. Eventually, you're going to slow down. But the movement is going to be there. Just that you're no longer as aggressive as you are when you're in the highway. 
So the age of retirement doesn't necessarily mean where you quit everything, you know, you come out, a glass of tea in your hand, and then you look at the sunset, sip, sip every day. No, we are not talking retirement like that. Yes, retirement does exist like that. However, we're talking retirement in a sense where you have settled everything. Right now, working is more of an obligation. If you feel like working, yeah, you're going to feel like working. But now you have the option to say no. So in order to achieve that state, you, my friend, should start putting some amount of your income aside to help you to work towards that. Now, fellow nations out there, some of us, yes, we have EPF, some of us don't. For those who have EPF, here's a question for you. How often do you see an adult post-retirement being happy with their EPF outcome? Hmm something for you to ponder about i can assure you it's an handful so far in my career i only came across two and this is after one three years of dealing with people the ratio is pretty bad out there right just saying it out loud right so epf alone is not enough so you need to make sure you go the extra mile to put aside for it and not solely rely on epf yes epf should be able to get the job done but when you look at reality it is not so yeah all right so don't sacrifice your retirement accounts have an alternative towards it finally make sure there's a resource to make sure it keeps stable and last but not the least all right if all this fails if you don't have the time for your personal finances if you find it ah i got too many things going on in my life i have no time for this millennials need to realize that it is okay for you to go out there and seek a professional financial help. There's nothing wrong with it. Alright, there's no shame in it. You're talking finance, money, finance and money. Where you are going to go ahead and legit talk to someone about a very adult topic. You're not going to walk up to a professional and talk about, hey, how was your Pokemon Go hunt today, alright? Right? You're not going to have that conversation. But rather, you're going to talk about your personal finance to a professional that is legit, that is certified. And make sure that the professional that in that service line that's going to help you, the professional intermediary, comes from a very advisory basis. Because if you were to deal with a bad apple, chances are you're going to buy something and it's going to kill your finances even further. So ideally, you want to deal with someone that puts your goals as a priority when they're mapping out a goal for you. Remember, if it's too good to be true, chances are it's too good to be true. Savings are savings, investments are investments, estates are estates, and insurances are insurances. Don't mix them all up. Each one of them are our own individual instrument of their own. Right? So with that being said, huh, I think this is one of my longer episodes. I can see that time exceeding quite a 20 minutes plus range. Well, I hope this is making up for all the past episodes that I missed out. Alright, so with that being said, again, I told it was going to be a rant. But at the initial stage, it worked kind of had the instinct of it. But towards the end, you know, my natural financial panic instinct kicked in. So... There you go, <laughs> all right? So these are the issues faced by millennials when it comes to their personal finances. It is okay that you don't have a solution for it today. It is okay that you're feeling this way or going through such way. It is okay 
for you to feel stressed out about your finances. Right? Reach out to people. Now, if you feel you don't feel comfortable talking about to your close circle of peers, then hey, I will drop my link in the description. By all means, feel free to feel free to reach out to me. Considering the pandemic going around, chances are we're gonna do a Zoom meeting. And with the Zoom meeting, we can have a look at what's actually bothering you. Because a fair share of time, people say like, "Hey, you, I feel like I'm overspending on food," and then we go through their bills and like, "Hey, I don't think you're spending too much on food." I think you deserve better. I think you should spend more on yourself. Again, you engage with a professional financial professional financial planners or professional financial intermediaries when you believe into their philosophy. My philosophy, if you ask me, well, it's quite straightforward. I say, personal finance is a balance between logic and emotion, and your finances should be able to make you feel good. With that being said, signing off. The round guy that talk finance, Yuva.